Welcome to the Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club Show, a podcast that will make you want to get outdoors and will give you some great ideas as a sport parent, athlete, or coach. Born in the beautiful mountain town of Steamboat Springs, Colorado, the Winter Sports Club was founded over a century ago and now serves well over 1,000 athletes per year and has produced more Winter Olympians than any other club in North America. There are secrets and great stories to share as we play year-round in these mountains we call home. Our calling is to develop complete athletes on and off the mountain by cultivating a passion for the outdoors and a love of sports at all levels. Stay tuned to hear from Olympians, athletes of all ages, coaches, experts, and people who are doing amazing things to make an impact in our community and in their sport. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former professional triathlete who finally discovered the joys of skiing in my late 40s when I moved to Steamboat Springs with my family. We immediately discovered the Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club, and it's become a huge part of our lives as my husband, Tim DeBoom, is a ski and bike coach, and my daughter, Wilder, has found happiness, friendship, and joy through skiing, jumping, riding, and more. I am thrilled to bring the positive energy of the Winter Sports Club to people all over the world. Thanks for listening. Now let's get started. You guys, welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening to the Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club show. Longtime listeners, that means you've listened to the first two episodes. You are going to love today's guest because he was uh, featured in our introduction episode. I have John Nolting here today. John, thank you so much for sharing your time. It's great to be back, Nicole. I know we have a really cool, um, cool episode and it's very timely because, well, let me tell you what it's about first. It's about the fact that, well, you know what? Let me just lay it out. It's about money. It's about money. Boom. And it's something that's on every single parent's mind when they're signing their kids up for programs. But what's really cool about what Winter Sports Club does here in Steamboat Springs is we've got a scholarship program that hopefully will help more people get involved. And John, you're here today because you are deemed the resident expert on the program, and we are going to share the nuts and bolts and even more about how it works. Are you ready to get rolling? Let's dive in. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So so what do we actually call it here at the club? Well, our scholarship program um, is designed to really make sure that these sports, and when we talk about skiing and snowboarding, we're talking about expensive sports to begin with. When families are choosing to go on vacation and ski or snowboard, the price tag is big. These ski towns are expensive. They're expensive to live in for our local families. So scholarship is a big deal for us. Um, certainly, there are a lot of people involved in our sports that are uh financially better off than most. Um, we want to make sure that the sports are accessible to anybody in our community. We are Ski Town USA here in Steamboat. If you're in Ski Town USA and you can't ski or snowboard because you can't afford it, we've done something wrong. So as a club, we really work hard to make sure that it's accessible. 
Yeah, I love that concept that if you can't get involved because of finances, we've done something wrong. I mean, a lot of times people think that it's their fault or their restrictions or their limitations. And with some things in life, you know, it is. But hopefully we found a way for you to help get your kids rolling in these sports if they have the desire. Will you talk about why, like when and why this was put into place? So one of the unique things that we've done here is that, um, you know, right from the get-go, raising money through our donors for scholarships, I wouldn't say it's an easy sell, but it's, it's a sell that's easier than, than a lot of other things. The, our donors believe in this, this idea as well. But one of the things that we've done and clubs have done historically, uh, I think similar to ours, is they see that it's expensive um, it's expensive for us on, on many levels. We have a great professional coaching staff. We need to pay our coaches well enough so that they can live in our community. They truly are experts in their sports. They deserve um, a living wage here in town. When you combine that with the expenses that we have to be on the uh, on the mountain and ski passes for everybody, insurance to cover the club, the list goes on and on. Uh, the cost of our programs is expensive. So what clubs often do is they, they go to the donors and they use funds raised through events to help subsidize all the programs at an even level. And we had some donors come to us and say, why is my money subsidizing my neighbor next door who has no additional need um, to participate in the programs. At the same level as it's subsidizing a family that truly has financial hardship, a uh, parent out of work, separation, all those different things that can happen um, uh, to a family, uh, we wanna support that. So the club put together what we call our Easy Scholarship Program. And this is a program that right off the top, when you do your program registration, if you elect to choose this scholarship based on your adjusted gross income, you simply tick a box that'll give you a scholarship with that one click right away to your program fees to instantly make it more affordable right before you start. If you need more help beyond that easy scholarship, and many of our families do, and we can talk about those programs, um, there is additional opportunity to do that, but it makes the initial uh, part painless and better meets what our donors have said they'd like for us to do is provide accessible uh, programming, uh, but allow us to still have the high level of quality and the professional coaching staff and, and those things that we need to be a program uh, like we are. Okay, that's so cool. I love that you called it the easy scholarship because it makes me think it's very easy because when these things are often offered, they come with a lot of red tape and, and it makes people really nervous, you know. But one thing that really um, stood out just now is you use the word donor quite a few times. And I want to remind our listeners that the club is a nonprofit. It's not a for-profit program that's just pocketing all the money that comes in and, you know, using it to do grandiose things that aren't needed. This is a nonprofit. Um, and that's why you're, I think, mentioning the donors, the people who support it, and they want to make sure that the club is doing the right thing for the community. Would you agree with that? Yeah, exactly. And when you look at our program fee structure, um, 
when I started seven years ago, our program fees covered about 60% of the total cost to operate our program. So what we were charging for our program fees was about 60% of our total expenses um, for those programs. And the rest we'd make up through events and, and uh, you know, fundraising events and our gen- very generous donors to balance the books of our nonprofit. Um, and uh, that's not really a sustainable model. Uh, so what we've done now is our program fees are still you're not paying 100% of the cost to operate those programs, but you're paying more of that percentage. But those families that simply can't afford that level but are here in our community, there are local families that we care about deeply, have a price that is more accessible to them. Okay, so let's do some nuts and bolts then. So you mentioned a little bit how it works. Do you want to dive a little deeper into how, how it actually works here? Do they literally just check a box and put in there? A, how do they find their adjusted gross income? You know, like, how do you get all that stuff? And do you need more than that in order to back it up and see the savings? That's literally all you need when you're doing the <clears throat> program registration to have your 1040 form from the most recent year. Well, it will help you fill that out. But really, it, it's that simple as that step. Uh, we don't ask for, you don't have to submit that form. We do reserve the right to check uh, those forms if there is some question, and then it would be as simple as making that check. That gets you started, but then for a lot of families, uh, there might be additional help needed. That may, that might be great for one kid in the program, but maybe a family's got three kids in the program, and one kid is in our, uh, you know, we have programs competing at very high levels, our Alpine FIST program, for example, is over $12,000 for a year of program fees. And maybe there's one kid in that FIST program, and then there's one kid that's in a cross-country, you know, 15-year-old program that's going to be about $6,000, and then another kid that's snowboarding for about $4,000. There's additional scholarship applications for that then that take into account okay, the cost here is going to be much greater. Or maybe last year's gross income was, was uh, you know, at a certain level, but mom is out of work now. She lost her job. Or, uh, you know, sister is going to college, and there's this new financial burden on the family that's changed things. That's where you would do a, an application that details more of those things, and you can get additional help even on top of that easy scholarship level. 40% for some of our local families on that Alpine FIST program, that's $12,000. You can do the math. That's still a very expensive program. We want to help that family beyond that that has that need. Oh, I I love that. You personalize it. That is fairly, I would say, unusual for a a bigger organization to be able to pull that off. And uh, I think that's amazing. Um, you know, I, I right off, I, I'm just feeling what many people listening are probably feeling. I'm trying to channel your energy, <laughs> listeners. 
is that people don't want to share their income. Every time you get a survey, it's like your name, your age, your birth, you know, how old you are, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, check, check, check. And then it says annual household income. And people are like, no, not checking that. I don't want anyone to know. Um, I want to ease their fears. I think the biggest fear is that people are going to know something that's personal about you. And maybe we can share like how that income is used or shared within the organization. Yeah, that's that's kept confidential. Basically, when when you click that box, everything is is automatically done. And we our office manager reaches out at, at the end to make that payment. Uh, based on that. Certainly, I understand that concern. And we're a small community. I get it. So we make sure that that information on those applications is not shared. And we have a very small scholarship committee that that evaluates those applications and and, uh, makes those those determinations. But we, we care very much about that privacy. But it's important information to know to really assess the true need with these programs that we know are cost intensive. You know, the, the cost for our programs is just one part. There's cost for equipment. There's cost for travel to events. We're a winter sport that requires snow to do. And uh, we've got it. We're give, we're very fortunate. We have such a long ski season here in Colorado, but at the top levels, our athletes need to find snow somewhere else. So they might be traveling to Oregon for a summer camp or even to the Southern Hemisphere to extend their winter. Um, those are expensive projects. So, so uh, you know, we're one of the challenges that we face, Nicole, when, when looking at families that need scholarship, realizing the reality of the expense in our sport is that Families with multiple kids in the program, especially that are achieving high levels in our sport, even if they're well over the median income in our community, may have financial need for our programs. But those are typically families that feel like either they shouldn't be asking for help because they know they they look around and they know there are others less fortunate than them in the community. And so they feel guilty or just that it's not meant for them or that if they ask for scholarship funding, they might be taking it away from somebody who has a greater need. The reality is for us, and and thankfully we're so fortunate we've got so many wonderful donors, is that a lot of those families are exactly the ones that we're trying to target because those are families that often will choose to drop out of the sport because they see they feel that they just can't provide or it would be too much of a sacrifice to go to that next level uh, with their kid to participate. And that's really unfortunate. We have the means to help those families as well. Um, And I think it's really important that families not feel bad about or guilty about um, asking and and uh, that they do feel comfortable about sharing what is some very private information. If it's if it's important enough for your kids, uh, I hope I hope that the families will trust us in that confidentiality uh, side of things uh, because of what it could mean for their kids. I absolutely hear you. I think you know many most people I know. It's human nature to never try to ask for help. 
never try to get handouts per se. And that when you actually need it, you'd rather like eat your pride and like you said, drop out, encourage the kids to do something else, you know, whatever. I love the fact that you are putting this out there to every family in the community. And I think, I think if you're listening right now and you're questioning, maybe we make too much money to apply. Maybe, you know, like, like you just said, John, we're taking money away from a family less fortunate than us. Don't think that way. Put that out of your mind and just go for it because we want to keep your kids in the program. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the worst things I hear out there is that my kid really loves this sport, but I know that this sport is more expensive than this other. So I really don't want my kid to go this direction. I think, you know, as a parent, um, to, you know, we all want our kids to follow their dreams. Um, and we certainly as parents have a significant amount of influence as to which direction they go. And, and, uh, um, ultimately if we're footing the bill for this, we do as parents have final say, I think what we're trying to do as a club though, is through our scholarship program, take that out of the equation, let your kid find their passion and that's one of the things, and, and we've talked about it already in, in some of the earlier episodes about a lot of opportunities to sample the different sports. That's so that the kids can find something they, that they truly love, and then let's follow that path. And we as a club want to be a partner with these families in helping them get, get down that road. Nicole, we're sitting here in Olympian Hall. There's over 100 Olympic flags uh, from Olympians that have come through Steamboat. I'm here underneath us. Kids get an Olympic dream. If a family in Steamboat and the kid has that dream, but the family can't do it because of finances, again, this is is why this scholarship program is important. And I absolutely get it. The family's not wanting to ask for help, but that's why we're here. And a lot of these flags on the wall, these kids would not have achieved what they did without help, either help through the club, help through other family members or things. And, uh, and through that process of asking for help, I think it's made them actually stronger and more appreciative of what they've had. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I love these kids and families that really had to, had to scrap and fight because it's so much more meaningful when they really achieve what they'd hoped for out of it. I think that uh, that's such a great point. I was talking to my husband, Tim, the other day, and we were like, you know, it's kind of really seems important to have a point in your life where you're telling a story about a chapter in your life and you're like, we really didn't have much. And we did X, Y, and Z. And for a lot of people, it's like when you graduate college or something and you're coming out on your own. But those times are critical for just growth and appreciation of all the things you get to do. So whether that's when you're a kid or you're, you know, older in life, I love that. And I think, you know, it comes down to this idea of various values that we have. And one of them is being frugal. I mean, I, my dad was like, you save your money. You don't spend money on things you don't need. But what it really makes you do is think about what's important to you. And so, you know, I think you can still be a frugal family, but provide great opportunity for your children 
maybe we should talk about that topic a little bit. How can families do that? How can they maintain that frugal value mindset and still provide the opportunities? Yeah, that's a good one, Nicole. And that's really hard in a lot of our sports because we, without question, in skiing and snowboarding, a lot of our families are very well off. And so they can buy the newest, greatest equipment they can chase the, they can have the best gear for um, clothing and suits and the fastest waxes for their equipment. And it seems like, and if you're a family that those things are very difficult for, you can look at that and say, well, boy, that's an advantage that I can't overcome. But I think what what's really important in the way I look at it and throughout my career, and I spent uh, six years working at U.S. Ski and Snowboard, the national governing body for our sports. And, and during my time there, I was in the sport education department. I was tasked with developing long-term athlete development plans and really working with all of the uh, national team coaches and our sports science department. I worked with the U.S. Olympic Committee. And we were looking at what is, you know, what is critical? What are the most important things for kids to, to be able to develop to be as good as they could be in their sport? What are those critical factors? Most of the things that families end up seeing that they think are these advantages aren't the things we identified that are important. The important things are training, being at home, you know, taking full advantage of all of your practice sessions and opportunities. Um, it's those coaching relationships, doing the right thing in an athletic progression. A lot of this happens at home. It's not competitions at young age and traveling to those things. The fast ski wax will be faster on the day you put it on your skis or your snowboard, but it doesn't make you a better skier or a snowboarder. So in the long run, you know, those things will pan out. Yes, at the elite levels of the sport, if, if you're fortunate enough to be on the national team, you might have a technician that's helping you with all these things. And guess what? Those technicians help the kids that have lots of money. They also help the kids that were scrapping to get there, but they finally got to that level where that becomes important at that time. But when they're 13 years old, the bar of wax that's five times as much as the wax that I put on my kids' skis uh, is not making that kid better in the future. And that's what's hard for families to focus on. So for that frugal family, you really need, and, and it's tough in, in our sports and families that maybe don't know what are those important things and not, that's where, that's where you talk to your coach or you talk to our sport directors. You can come in and talk to me because this is in a conversation I love to have. Let us help you figure out the things that are absolutely critical to spend money on because you do have to spend money. But let's avoid those things that aren't going to be of benefit down the road. Yeah, maybe they're of benefit today or tomorrow, but I can tell you that, that you can be frugal and get everything you need for five years down the road. I love this conversation. Um, as you know, my former career was not in snow sports, and, but it was in triathlon, where people are notorious for going out and buying a $10,000 bike and just being the same average cyclist. And it's interesting because we always took the approach that you need to like earn your equipment. 
You need to earn the latest and greatest innovations in technology. And you just got to work on the engine. You know, you work on what you have what your body can do. And if you use those relationships, especially with your coaches and your teammates, et cetera, I mean, those are probably the two main things when you're really getting going and not until you're on the world level, do you need to shave off a hundredth of a second? You don't really have to worry about that. But what's really funny is the kids are going to beg for the newest, latest. Yes, they are. So you got to be strong (laughs) parents. Yeah, it's not easy. Nobody said it's easy. But it's doable, and that's the important thing. Oh, for sure. Um, You know, I wanted to maybe open up a little more of a conversation about inclusion in the sport as well, like diversity is what I'm talking about. Because, you know, skiing and snowboarding is still traditionally a very like white skinned sport, you know, and we're trying to get more people of different ethnic backgrounds and different cultural backgrounds into the sport. Is there any discussion around that that you think would be relevant to today's conversation? Well, I, you know, there are some opportunities out there. One of the great organizations in our sport is the uh, National Brotherhood for Skiers, and uh, it's a great organization. They've supported many uh, amazing athletes, some even reaching the national team level, but admittedly, it's, uh, the, you know, the representation isn't there, but that organization is fully committed to to helping um, those athletes. Here in our community, uh, we do have a program at the club uh, for our English as a Second Language learners. Uh, it's an after-school program for late elementary school ages, and we love that program. It gets those uh, athletes uh, or, or those kids a time to come over to Howlson Hill and try skiing and snowboarding. Uh, some of our staff and some of our athletes will help those uh, kids And for many, it's the first time ever. I will not ever forget the first day we did that program. Um, The kids had a great time. That was expected. But a couple of the parents of those kids came over just to watch. And just the joy and happiness on those families' faces was, uh, well, I'll never forget it. But that's just a start. I mean, the step from there, from going there, that's great. And we provided a great experience. But what's the next step? What if that kid comes home and they watch the Olympics or they hear about uh, a friend at school who's part of the programs, who's really into it, and they say, Mom, Dad, I really want to do that. Uh, and but the family really has no means at all. This is an area that I wouldn't say that we have uh, uh, fully found the solution for, but we, we are looking toward how can we provide, and we really need to pull more resources than just we as the club can provide. Uh, we've Some of the local businesses have been very generous in supporting equipment for those kids, getting them uh, passes to be on the, on the ski hill even just transportation to, to get here, even if they had skis and boots and, and all the gear and a, and a ski pass, transportation from school to here or back home can be uh, something that the family can't take. We're trying to look at transportation options here in the community to help on that regard. So uh, it's, 
it's difficult. I think uh, our attention is on it. Um, and, uh, and we're trying to see what we can do there. These scholarship programs certainly are a component that will help as well, but it's beyond scholarship uh, to really uh, make a difference for some of these folks to have more diversity in our sports. Yep, I totally agree. I think it's a multifaceted conversation. You have to have multiple groups involved in order to really do this. And it's happening, though. It's starting to happen. And I'm excited about that because uh, I believe strongly in it as well. So I think it's really cool what we're doing here. Um, You know, Say, okay, so some of you are listening and you're still not sold that this is what you should put your money toward, even with the scholarships and the extra help. Um, Are there any other reasons that come to mind that you think people really need to dig in and think about like their value, their values as a family? Yeah, you know, the re certainly I believe in our sports as teaching more about life and life lessons than the sport itself. And, uh, we certainly talk about that a lot with our coaching staff. And to me as a parent that that's why you're investing. That's why you're making these sacrifices. The, the pinnacle in skiing and snowboarding, um, you know, I was just watching the tour championship in golf last week and 18 million going out to the winner of, of that tournament. That's not happening in our sports. <laughs> You're not investing so that your kid maybe is going to be walking away with that $18 million prize. And maybe they're going to help you out mom and dad after that say, thank you for all that. Here's a couple million. that's not happening in our sports. So if that's the motivation, wrong idea, put that away. It's about the life lessons learned through sports. And our sports are unique in the outdoor element, changing environments every day, speed, risk, um, you know, confidence to do some of the things. We're sitting here, I'm looking out the window at our Nordic jumps. We've got an athlete in the program who I'm hoping that Nicole, you're going to introduce everybody to who's flown almost 700 feet through the air. That takes courage. That takes bravery and, and all these life lessons that you'll live with forever. That's why you make that investment. And I think our sports uh, personal responsibility teach these things better than any others that I've been involved with. Um, you really, because it's a changing environment every day, um, the the perseverance, um, dealing with adversity, uh, you know, these are the things you're investing in. And the longer you go in the sport, the deeper those lessons are learned. Um, and so that's the focus. College scholarships, yeah, they're out there. They're very difficult in alpine and cross-country skiing. It's not a good investment plan to invest that for your kid because that's going to be their outcome. I'll show you a lot of better ways to invest your money if that's the only purpose uh, to, to get out of that. Um, mom or, you know, maybe mom or dad had, a, had an experience in the sport and they're hoping they want their kid to have better results or something that they couldn't achieve. No, it's about what those kids 
are learning and getting out of the sport. And if you reinforce those things at home too, it's more likely that the, the, that the kids are going to get those things out of it. So, um, you know, with that in mind too, that also helps you go back to the frugal family. All those things I talked about have nothing to do with the newest skis on your feet or the coolest jacket that they're wearing or the shiniest helmet that they get. Um, you know, and in fact, being the one without those things, and I can relate to that a little bit, just makes you even more proud of what you've achieved um, as you go through the process. And I think it makes those lessons that I talked about a little bit deeper. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm going to add on to all of that and just say, I truly believe that experiences always win. And so when your kid comes home bugging you to get a new VR something or other a world I don't even understand right now, or you could teach them a new sport that they could do for the rest of their life, that they could meet the love of their life doing, that they could take vacations doing, you know, that they could just find joy in. That's the long-term win right there. So experiences always win. Anybody on the fence, you know, this is the better long-term investment to do with your money, no matter how much your kids are begging for something shiny. <laughs> You hit home on some of those notes right there. Yes. Oh, my Love gosh. of my life on the side of the hill at Aspen. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right, John, you got to share that story right now. <laughs> We're going to make this personal. Yeah, no, it's a it's a sport relationship for any of those that know my wife, Darlene, that are listening. Um, we met for the first time on the slopes at Aspen. And yeah, through the sport is is uh, how we were connected. There are many in these sports that that is a connection, whether it's, you know, she's involved with coaching and, and also has a great career in the sport. She's amazing at what she does. Um, to those that just share it as a recreational opportunity in their adult years. Um, absolutely. Okay. You can't get off that easy. Who impressed who? You or Darlene? <laughs> <laughs> There was something in the air that oh, when, when I saw her there, I spent 15 minutes with her on the side of the hill. And then I was so, uh, thought she was so much above my level that I had to move further down, down the hill because I'm like, I can't even hang with this girl here for, uh, for more than this. But, uh, oh, I no, love to hear amazing. that. I love it. Um, you know, before we move into the final question that we like to ask, all of our guests on the show, I think it might be cool to throw out any resources that come to mind for discounted or used gear or you know special things that people can do that are just going to you know lessen the blow a little bit. Yeah, check with check with the coaches here at the club. Used equipment can be very good, um, and we do we do some different things here at the club. Some of the programs will have an exchange for families. They can come bring their stuff um, that uh, that they've outgrown, and families can come in that need to buy, and they can do the exchange right there. We do a ski swap for the community, uh, ski and snowboard swap. Um, some of our programs have a Facebook sale page that they share things as well, and there's some used uh, used. Uh, gear sites like sport swap and and uh, others where where families can find some good used equipment i think it's nice to be able to put your hands on things before before you buy the one thing that uh that i would recommend to families don't buy used helmets you you're 
kid's head is the most important thing uh, and you want to make sure it's protected well. Buy new helmets. You just don't know the history of a, of a used helmet. But pretty much everything else used is, is you can find good quality there. And you can, you, you, the important thing with equipment is that you don't purchase something that is the wrong fit or size for your child because then when they go practice on that, they might be learning wrong techniques they're compensating. And that's something that families, in an attempt to be frugal, they'll say, well, let's buy this ski that's too long this year, but they'll grow into it next year and they're going to ski on it for those two years. Well, in that first year where they're struggling, they're going to be learning wrong movement patterns. That's a bad idea. You're better off, you know, find something that's the right fit, but maybe really cheap because it's used get through one year and then buy another pair the next year, the same style, that's going to work better. Um, specifically in our sports boots, they're the other tough one. Make sure you get the right boots. Um, the kids need to be able to flex those boots. Well, if they can't, and they need to fit tightly around the foot, you can't do ski boots for room for the kids to grow. Unfortunately, I'd love it if we could, but, uh, you just, they don't work for what we're trying to teach that way. We can't just pack a little newspaper in there? Yeah, that doesn't uh. work in, in this world, Nicole. <laughs> three, three, four pair of ski socks, no, that, that doesn't fly either. Well, and don't be afraid to put yourself out there, even on your little social media channels or whatever, because and just say, hey, I'm looking for this. I mean... Ski gear is like you said, it, the kids grow quickly and it's, if, if you can find something that works right now, a lot of people are really excited to give their used gear a new home. So absolutely. And I can speak from experience that, uh, I mean, you can find great deals on used equipment in terms of investment, buying that really great new equipment, thinking you're going to sell it at that high value. Ski snowboards are not like bikes have been <laughs> lately out there in the market. Um, the resale value is is uh, is not as high, which means you can find great values used. Awesome, awesome. Okay, everyone, I think we've done it. If you have questions and if you want to talk to someone directly, where do we send our listeners? So here at the club, your coach is going to be your great first contact. If you haven't been connected with your club, all of our programs have a sport director and they would be the ones to line you out. And they're, especially this time of year in the fall, uh, is, is the time to work through all of these things, equipment, scholarships, all of those things. And then uh, Gretchen in our office um, can help with any of those scholarship or registration questions. But the main thing is, as you said, reach out. Don't feel embarrassed that you have to ask this. Don't feel less than because you're trying to do it in a frugal way or you need to save money or you need to make choices where everybody else is going to this competition or camp or project and you just feel that you can't afford it. Talk to the coach, talk to the director, and we can help make a plan that'll work for you that, that, focuses on what's important in the long run. That's what, that's what we care about. All right. Well then let's talk about the long run and let's go for this final question that we are asking all our guests. You're on the hook right now, John. Okay. Here it goes. What is the greatest lesson you have learned through sport? I think for me, uh, it really has been about persistence. Um, I loved 
ski racing. And I did ski racing from starting from when I was 10 years old. Um, but I did it just on the weekends. Uh, I grew up in Evergreen and, and ski raced at Winter Park. Uh, so I couldn't do it every day like the kids, the local kids got to do. I did some in my backyard. Whenever there was snow, I'd be skiing in my backyard. I'd shovel the snow off the driveway to make onto my trails so that I could do it for as long as possible before the snow melted again. Um, I did more uh, working out, focused on my conditioning more since I didn't get to ski as much. I figured that would be an, an advantage. And sure enough, in time, I did achieve those results while it took me longer. Um, I got to a very high level uh, nationally in, in my skiing, and, and it really was just through sticking to it. And I love those athletes that that do that, but that's kind of, if you know me, I'll, I'll be persistent. That stuck with me. I'll kind of just keep going at it. I'm maybe not the flashiest right away at getting things done, but th that lesson of just not quitting. If you want something, you have to keep working at it. And if you put in that work and you keep trying, you will get there. Don't let other people tell you that you won't um, and that you can't. Uh, sometimes that's a motivator, but stick with it. Perfect. You are a rock star. John, thank you so much today. Um, make sure you get on sswsc.org and check out all the programs. And don't be afraid to go for that scholarship. It could make the difference in your kid's life. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club show. Check out our winter and summer programs at sswsc.org. If you have a special topic or guest you want featured, we'd love to hear from you. Now get out there and support, lead, or be a champion on or off the mountain.